Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of All Things Marketing and Education. Today, we have something pretty special. A lot of the times we interview guests that are either our clients, our, our partners, our friends, just awesome people. Well, today is no exception on the awesome people part, but I get to show off one of our team members. So that's really exciting for me. I feel especially proud to be talking with Hillary. And Hillary Trussell is a really valuable member of our team. She helps lead all of our social media efforts within LCG. So we're today going to be talking about all things conferences, but specifically conferences as it relates to social media. So many times I see brands go to conferences and say, wow, they really missed the boat on social media. They don't, they don't use it as a vehicle to engage in the conversation. I'm getting into it now, but it's just such an amazing opportunity. I want you, if you're an ed tech brand, to walk away from this episode with tactical, practical, and also strategic ways that you can use social media to attract people to where you're at in the conference um, and help you with your goals of brand awareness and lead generation and all of those things. If you are an educator listening, I think you might find this fascinating. Um, I think that you'll say, yes, I do want you to do that and that. And we'll try to also weave your voice in throughout this podcast. But this is kind of a little bit more of a workshoppy collaborative podcast. I'm super excited to introduce Hillary Trussell. I'm going to talk a little bit about her and then we'll get into all of the things. So Hillary came to us as a referral. And I would say that if you are an ed tech um, professional right now, you always value referrals. You always say, hey, can my team or my friends refer people? Because that's sometimes how you get, I don't know, just, just awesome people. And as soon as Hillary talks and gets into this, you'll, you'll understand too. But Hillary has over 10 years of experience in social media marketing. When she talks about social media, her eyes light up to the clients. She is on Instagram. Her house looks like... Um, <laughs> something that not my house looks like. It's beautiful. She's re redone her entire house. So our clients like to call her crafty and she has Instagram to prove it. Um, seven of those 10 years, she was dedicated to higher education. So it's very hard to find that perfect combination of people that are in education, but also in social media. So she was in the thick of higher education where she promoted resources, services. She collaborated with students to make sure they were engaged and connected throughout their collegiate experience. She had her own social media marketing consultancy during and prior to. Um, she now represents the central time for us. So she's based in Texas. And for those of you that don't know, I'm on the Pacific side and a lot of our team is on the East 
East Co- Eastern time too. So Hillary, I am so excited to have you on. You put something in Slack today that just made me smile. She said how grateful she was because she listened to one of our episodes. We'll put it in the show notes about our team and just really reflecting on our culture. And I m- it might've been about the foundation, right? Um, or maybe just about the team. Yeah, it was your just reflecting on your five years. Oh, it was our five year anniversary. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so we'll put that in the show notes. But she said she listened to that more than she uh, will admit because she <laughs> used that as a way to say, "Is this part of a team culture that I want to be a part of?" And I and she just that that gratitude of me even inviting her on. I was like, I feel like you're doing me a favor and being on and like. <laughs> I just, I thank you. I'm excited to get into the conversation with you. So Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am, like I said this morning, I'm so excited and honored to be here and a little nervous. This is my first podcast to be on. So really excited. And yes, I listened to that podcast episode more times than I care to admit. And then I had to be careful when I was interviewing, not to fangirl when I met all of you. (laughs) We don't, I don't think we, you'd be our first fan. So (laughs) I was saying, Hillary, don't worry before the talk. I was like, don't worry. The only people that ever listened to this is like my mom and my sister-in-law. So (laughs) don't worry. To join you today. Um, So why don't we just quickly start out with a level set of just, you know, what, what's your role? Cause I think it will give the listeners context on, you know, the recommendations and the things that we get into afterwards, but what do you do with the team here? So I am the social media manager and I'm an account manager. So I work, I work with our amazing clients and help them come up with social media strategies. And I work with our programming team to actually program and schedule out social media posts. And we do support a lot of our clients when they go to conferences and events. And and so I have some tips and advice from that experience as well. Yeah, and I, I love that like on our side, we get to be thought partners with our clients. We get to look at, you know, what's coming up, what's valuable for an educator, what are some timely events, what are things that you care about as a brand. So we we come together and weave out a programming plan that fits not only with the business and the audience, but the algorithms need, which is really critically more important as organic reach is declining more and more. So Hillary is that account manager. She's on the front line. She's interacting with the clients. She's helping working hand in hand with me on the strategy on the programming aspect. She's working with Porter, who I think was our first ever guest of of this podcast, also our director of joy at LCG. So working with Porter on the engagement side on social media. So you do all the things social. So what better guests to talk about <laughs> social media and how to really use it to complement your conference efforts. So let, let's get into it. So I think the first part of it is not really social media oriented, but it's like a, a high level view. And people always ask me, and oh, by the way, a little bit of a caveat here. This is, this is not gonna be a typical Q&A that we do. Um, because I work so collaboratively with Hillary, I'm gonna be jumping in a little bit more than usual. So I hope you all don't mind. But this first question is a little bit high level about how do you actually create a conference plan for the year? How do you look at, okay, I've got 2023. What conferences do I prioritize? How do I measure success? These are all really big questions. But Hillary, I know you have some thoughts, so I'll punt it to you to start and then I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback and jump on. 
Yeah, well, I think first of all, as a brand, you have to look at and think about what conferences will your target market market and prospects be going to, um, because obviously those you would want to prioritize. And you can do that in a variety of way, but ways by seeing, you know, what are the topics and, and what's the goal of the conference, who's the conference being targeted to. And you can also look at conference hashtags, which conference hashtags will come up a lot in this conversation because there's so many ways to use them. Um, but that can kind of help you see who went to the conference the year before, the session topics, um, people may be already talking about being excited to go, and that can give you a really good insight into, into what to expect and who's gonna be there. Yeah, and conferences are weird now. And I, I don't wanna like, I don't know how to explain it, but what for me is the most valuable thing about conferences, especially post pandemic, and I say that with maybe an asterisk, but like, we are not yet in ed tech back to the conference scene that was pre-pandemic, right? So we need to figure out, you, you can go to their websites and I think all those are really good tips too. Like, hey, is is my product or service generally being talked about? Are, are decision makers going to be there? I, I typically look at their media kit and what do they promise in terms of decision makers, like 20% admins or that kind of thing. But a lot of the times that's like their hope and what actually happens is really different. So I have to rely on my personal network too. And if you are an ed tech professional and you're like, what's a personal network? Like you should have a group of colleagues of peers and they don't shouldn't be actually in your company, but that you can say, hey, how was this conference? How did you go to that? Would you go to that next year? Like always collecting data. So um, FETC, TCEA just happened. Um, there was TASA that just happened. There's a lot of conferences an hour just happening. And although I didn't personally go to them, I, I stayed curious and asked them, hey, how was it? How, how do you think the vendors fared? How did you fare? What, did, what was the expo hall like? I was just constantly asking questions because that's the only way you're gonna get data, honestly, right now. <laughs> okay, so that we didn't really talk about a conference plan, but what I would say is generally, you know, we have a free resource. It is our EdTech Planner. It has all the conferences in education. Download it. I think it's backslash 23, leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash the number 23. And we will also put that in the show notes. But look at all of those. And like Hillary said, you got to prioritize which conferences you go to. So a lot of my B2B clients, for example, are saying, hey, we're not going to go to the big EdTech shows this year. We're just going to go to the decision maker shows. And that might be um, the superintendents association or you know maybe it's an AESP the elementary school principals or whatever they decide to or they may go local and target specific areas that they want business so I would say you shouldn't do this alone you should collaborate with your um, executive team senior team people on your marketing team and figure out how do you prioritize it within a set budget usually you're gonna have a budget in the real world so I got a set budget which ones are the must-haves um, based on that target market and then which ones are kind of like, okay, if I had money or maybe I want to like do a half presence, one person's going to go, or maybe I'm going to act like we're going to go. And Hillary and I will talk about how you act like you're going to go or you act like you're, you're still there, but you're kind of like hashtag not at ISTE, right? And ISTE is like the big ed tech show that a lot of people <laughs> that not the people that are not at ISTE get to participate anyways and sometimes reap the benefits too. So if you want more resources on conference planning, we'll put them in the show notes. 
Um, the biggest thing, and I know we could have an entire podcast about this in particular, is ROI with conferences. So you need to say, before you get into the conference, what is my metric for success? You know, so if it's lead generation on the expo hall floor of teachers, okay, what am I going to do to increase that foot traffic? What, how many teachers will I need to make my, to, to meet or decrease my acquisition cost, my normal acquisition cost. So these are the things you should be talking about. And almost like what I would do is create a campaign brief and say, hey, I'm going to ISTE, I'm going to AASA. Here's our metrics for success. So if you don't do that and you come back and you're like, oh, I don't know, it wasn't really good. Like you're not, you don't have any backbone. You don't have a foundation to really understand if it was good or not. So start there and, you know, happy to reach out to us on Twitter. And we love talking about these things. So um, that was a quick cliff notes about how do you create a conference plan for the year? And then we'll also put something in the show notes. We interviewed um, Joyce Whitby on the podcast and she talks about a beyond the booth plan too. And a little bit more on how to pick the conferences you should go to. Okay. So once you've decided which conferences to go to, all right, so I've greenlit, like, say I'm an ed tech startup and I'm doing a lot of webinars this year. So I'm going to only go to five shows and put five primary shows this year. So how do I begin to prep and let people know that you're going? Like, well, what are some best practices that you've seen and that you do with clients, Hillary? So the one thing that is consistent across all conferences is that every hour of every day is packed full of opportunities. And you have to figure out how am I going to get on people's must-do, must-see, must-stop-by list and calendar um, just because it, you know, it can be really overwhelming and it's important to have a plan. I'm the kind of person that I like to fly by the seat of my pants when I'm traveling or I've even tried this at a conference and, and just see what happens and what comes my way. But if you do that going into a conference, a lot of times you get there and before you know it, the conference is over and you haven't achieved and accomplished all that you wanted to. And so having a really solid plan in place for the conference is important. Um, and if you can think of those, you know, what are those special opportunities that you have that people wouldn't want to miss? And so maybe it's a special guest or influencer at your booth or in your session that you can promote in advance. Or maybe it's that you're offering a special service. And I know that you've done this before where it's like, hey, schedule a meetup with us and We'll help you. We'll do a 15 minute audit of your social media or, you know, something like that. Something that people can only get when they're there and that's really special and important to them. Um, and so planning those things in advance, you know, versus, oh, I'm going to try to connect with some people and schedule meetups while I'm there. Like it's just almost setting you up for failure. And then you also don't have a lot of really exciting things to promote in advance. And you want to let people know early on that you'll be there and how you will be there. And what are the exciting things that you have to offer? Um, and then you can post teasers and things like that when you have those things already set in place. So super great tips. I think things you hit like the nail on the head on is what we want to do is really look at how can I bring, if I have a booth, how can I drive, drive people to the booth in a value driven way? So what are people hoping to get out of the conference? Maybe I put my top influencers at the booth. Maybe I do a book signing. Maybe I do like a free service, like you're saying. So, you know, 
this is usually something that we charge for. Come and do a one-on-one with one of our advisors on how to increase engagement and blah. So think about what you want to do and try to get people to book it in advance. Like you said, it's super smart because you have a bunch of teachers educators, even decision makers, they have booked calendars. If you don't have stuff booked with people before the conference and you, you can't just wing it, people are never going to say, oh, I'll, I'll just randomly grab coffee with you. They're pretty book solid. People go to social events to happen to run into people to do that serendipitous kind of networking. But in general, people are book solid. So you have to have a calendar of things that are as booked as possible. And so before the conference, you want to tell the world you are going. <laughs> and it's not just the brand. It's you professionally. If you're in sales, if you're in customer service, if you're in engagement, whatever you're doing. I want you on all of your socials to have, I'm going to bet, I'm going to ISTE, I'm going to ASU GSV. I want it in emojis. I want you using the hashtag in your profile. I want you to say it multiple times. (laughs) Sometimes people are so thinking it's self-promotional, but beautiful things happen when people know that you're going to be at the event and you can plan things in advance. Yeah. You can also you know, whenever you do create a tweet or a post, be sure and plan it where it has all the information of where you're going to be, you know, when your session is, where your booth is, that kind of thing. So that way, if people do happen to go to your page, but you also have to remember, you know, a lot of times we assume people are looking at our entire, like they're coming to our social media pages and looking at them and that's often not happening. But if they do, you want it to be front and center that you're, you're there. And I think another important thing before the conference, especially in situations where maybe you have a team on the ground that's, you know, there at the booth, oftentimes, or well, I would say 95% of the time, they're not thinking about social media. They're there to connect in person. But what I like to do, since I am part of a social media team, is I like to make sure whoever's on the ground has my contact information. And I tell them, you know, however it's easiest for you to send me pictures and information, do it. You can text me, you can email me, you can send me a message in Slack. And I give them some basics of what I'm hoping to get from them. So if they could give me a picture of the booth once they get it set up, or if they could send me a selfie, or if they're having giveaways, be sure to snap a picture. Because if you just leave it open and did a, hey, send me some pictures, Oftentimes, they're not in the mindset of, oh, this is a social media worthy photo. But if they kind of know, they'll, you know, I see success in, in getting what I need so that behind the scenes, I can help support and drive people to the booth through a social media post or drive people to the session kind of in those more real time moments. And so that's another before is just making that list and, and kind of deciding ahead of time what you really want to post about. Because that's another thing. If, at the end, if you, maybe you are the social media person and you're also at the conference. The last thing you want to do at the end of the long day is be like, oh, gosh, I need to say something on social media and I'm too tired to think about what it's going to be. So having your social media plan in place, whatever that looks like, is also really important. Yeah, I would say that that's a hard fail if at the end of the day you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot to post. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I think like I was head nodding a lot in this conversation because so many times I walk through the expo hall and people are just at booths waiting people to come like for people to come to them like it's their job no your job is to you know think about you as like you're creating inbound leads and you have to make the case why they should stop by your booth or why they should have a meeting with you versus all of the other distractions and all the other awesomeness that's happening and that can help 
give them value in their day to day. So it's really important that you have a plan in place. And I'm a documenter. So if you have a campaign brief started about the conference and you have goals, you can add the social media plan there and just say, okay, here are the, 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 the MVP of what we want to do in social media, right? So maybe it's um, every hour, snap a pic, send it to the social media person who's not on the scene or like come up with a little bit of recipes. I would say because short form video obviously is, is really helpful in social media and algorithms. If you can almost like give them a, a script of like maybe on the hour, it's like, Hey folks, I'm here at the booth. Um, I'm here with the, this influencer or this big, um, user of our platform. And we're just going to talk a little bit about like their pro tips for the platform. Like you can do something super quick and live and get people to say, wow, they're at the booth and they're actually doing something different on social media rather than those stale tweets and social posts saying, come to our booth. Yeah. Why? Why? Exactly. <laughs> and Joyce would say, um, we'll put her in the show notes. I mentioned her, Joyce Whippy. She's like, don't just hand out a pen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Um, one thing I think I just wanted to add, like we're talking about before. So don't be afraid to tell people multiple times in multiple ways. Your social media team should be interweaving consistently that you're going to the conference and here's the value that you will get. And maybe here's how you can book some time and meet with us there, right? But beyond that, I haven't seen another EdTech brand do this and maybe I just haven't been looking, but it might be nice to get them to say, hey, we're thinking about elevating our users, like our superstar users at our booth. You know, fill out this quick form and we'd love to highlight you. Maybe you can run a session. Like that is the biggest compliment. And that's the beautiful way to elevate educator voices that we don't tend to hear at conferences. So I'm just giving that away to freebies of those ed tech brands thinking about the big conferences right now. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of times we, you know, ed tech brands often think like, oh, that's that's asking a lot, but like you said, educators, anytime I've ever reached out on social media, I'm like, hey, we'd really like to feature you in this way. They are just so honored and flattered and excited. And, and so I think that's a really good good point. And educators love to hear from other educators. You know, it's just like all of us, we love to hear from others who are in our same industry and you know, going through the same things we're going through. It's always good to hear from them. Yes, yes. So we talked a lot about it's almost like a checklist of like, here's all of the things you can do on social media beforehand. You can also do teasers, right? So what are they going to learn? So think about rather than promotion, we're going to be there. But what value can I give them? Give them a hint. Give them a little carrot of like, here's all the awesomeness that's going to be here. Or if you meet with us one on one, and maybe you don't have a booth, like, you know, here are some things I might talk to you about. So think about that, come up with your plan. And before the conference, if you're using this for business development and, and reaching like decision makers, you should have a list of who's going to be attending, talk to your target audience, have personalized emails out to them. Are you happening to be there? Can I get a meeting with you? We can go over X that will help you. You have to do that. I would say I spend 
countless hours going over who's going to be there, how can I meet with them one-on-one and do it in this value-driven way that they can't say no and they want to book time with me. So do not underestimate the time it takes to see who's going to be there and book time on their calendar prior to going there. So we got a little bit of B2B action where it's like you're the one-on-one meetings, but I hope you also got some great tips on if you have a booth, here's what you do in terms of social media to get there. And you're not being a showboat. You know, I want you to think about social media as a way to tell your story. But more often than that, how do I give value? How do I contribute to the conversation? It's like you're participating in this awesome movement of learning. So join in and don't be afraid and don't muddle the feed with your like, step right up promo type of things, right? (laughs) Trend. So one other thing you can do, and I know we've got to move on past the before prep, but you can also get your social media audience engaged and excited by using a Twitter poll, which the Twitter algorithm loves and your audience will love with just a simple like, hey, are you going to this conference? Yes or no. And then, you know, they can answer and they may share something in the comments. And then on Facebook, you could do a text post, which side note, if you want to really make the algorithm happy on Facebook, use the text post feature where it has their background and you can type text on top of it um, and ask, you know, what are you most excited to learn about? Or what are you, who are you most excited to connect with? You know, those kind of questions and get people to answer in the comments. And that can also give you insight into what your audience is hoping to take away from the conference. And you can ask yourself, is there a way to, that we can weave this into our plan? Yes. And I hear some of you naysayers going, oh, well, organic social media, you can't target. And it's a waste to ask people if they're going to one conference, right? And if it's not a big conference, what you could do is say, hey, we know this time of year is big. You know, obviously you wouldn't say that because that's not as concise as we like to be on social media. But what conferences are you most excited about going to and connect with each other down below too? So again, you're, you're, you're talking about how do I open it up broad enough because organic, you can't just target Texas if we're going to TCEA, right? right? But that could be a great way to do some discovery on where your target audience is going to be and get them excited and tell people that you're going to be there. So ching, ching, ching. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Before, lots of things. We apparently could be talking about this for the entire podcast. (laughs) So... Let's talk about during. So we we hinted during is super crazy time. It is just you have a schedule. I actually do old school and I do an Excel spreadsheet of like every 15 minutes of what I'm doing and I color code it. It's it's gnarly. But educators do that. They have it on the app. Um, Decision makers have meetings scheduled back to back. So what do you think in terms of during the conference? How do you stand out? And specifically, what should you be doing on social media? So again, on social media, any kind of behind the scenes glimpse or, you know, making sure to remind people of that special opportunity that you have in your session or at your booth. Um, I actually was following a conference recently and I can't remember which one because I followed so many and you know me and the acronyms, I get that that all confused. 
Um, but I felt I, there was one specific person and they were tweeting like from the moment they left their house until they got to the conference. And it was just like this journey to get there. And then I found myself, I kept going back to be like, well, what happened? Like, did you make it to your session on time? What, how did your session go? Like what, what were, what were the takeaways? And so I kept going back just because I felt like they took me on that journey with them. And so again, it was behind the scenes with a mix of the takeaways and what people were getting from attending that session. Uh, so anything that you can share like that. And again, I know it can be hard when you're in the moment and you're connecting with people, you know, in real time, but if you can just on your way to the next stop, you know, tweet out what just happened or things that stood out to you, that's something that gets people really excited and using the hashtag is really important because it can help you reach people who are maybe at the conference but not connected with you on social media yet um it can help them discover you yeah as you were talking i was like what are the tips that we can ask people like as they go as they're during all of this craziness and you might be manning a booth you might be back-to-back -back meetings you might be going to sessions you might be doing lunches, you might be doing all of those things, right? So how do you prioritize? So sometimes it's nice to have people that are somewhat accountable. And I hate to do that because social media should really be everyone's job. But if there is one person accountable when you say go out at night, and this is a time that when Hillary says behind the scenes is important, people want to not just get attached to your product. They want to know your story. They want to know your why. And a lot of the times they associate humans with the brand, you know, surprise, surprise. And social media is the best at humanizing brands. So if you are in Chicago and you're at a blues club and BB King comes on or whatever, I want you to share some B-roll and be like, this is awesome. And then show your staff having fun for a hot minute. Then, you know, like those things you don't think of related to your product, but you have to blur the lines a little bit and, and take down your barriers and say, I want to connect. I want to connect authentically, just like educators do. Yeah, it can also help. So I'm an introvert. Um, and so a lot of times at a conference, you know, I'm really pushing myself to go out and meet people and have conversations. And so I've, I've been following someone or following their brand and they do share some of those personal moments it helps with conversation starters too, not just with introverts. And it also makes people like me more comfortable. Like, hey, I feel like I already kind of know this person or the people behind this brand. And now I'm more comfortable to show up at their booth or I kind of know what to expect when I get there. Same with the session. And two, you know, reminding people to connect on social media and making sure your handle handles are clear and available in your session slide deck or at your booth so that people can easily connect with you. So lots of good tips there. I think what I've seen that I've admired during conferences is brands that can put themselves out there a little more too. Like I love the behind the scenes stuff that you were talking about, but maybe you can do a makeshift podcast, right? You don't necessarily need to have a booth, but I have sound pe seen people at booths do podcasts. I've seen people in the expo hall, um, floors. Sometimes I, I go around and I have a, a lab mic and just interview people. It's okay, like get messy. People are sharing such amazing things. It's your job to share it out, right? And it doesn't always have to be about your brand. I wanna pause and say that again. It doesn't always have to be about your brand. <laughs> it's not like step right up, go to this booth, we're talking about this. Sometimes when you do that and you're so heavily lead driven, you're gonna scare people away. 
And you, what you want to do is build up trust during the conference as well and show that you listen to your users and decision makers and you elevate their voices, right? So I love people to do like podcasts. Sometimes if you do things that like get people to go to your booth or whatnot, like you have um, fun photo booths or I love the stuff where people do wellness stuff too. And then you can use social media to complement that and have people like, you know, if it's photos or it's wellness, show people indulging using the things that you have and get them over there too i will say there is a fine line between like tchotchkes and getting just random educators over there right so don't just bring everyone in the world over there because you're giving out free stuff you want quality leads too but whatever you're doing i want you to say how can i tell this story on social media and as you prep for the conference you can put that in your pre-plan and say, here's what we're going to do during, you know, just so you don't have to think of it on the spot. But there is beauty about thinking about it on the spot, mm -hmm. too. So if an educator just happens to say something or overhear something and you don't get them on video, that's fine. You can do a tweet just overheard. Um, Newzella was the thing that saved my life. Whatever. Um, no endorsement to Newzella. They're awesome. But like... Um, I could have put anybody in there, <laughs> but I want you to think about, okay, how can I use my pre-plan as much as possible? Who is accountable? So no matter what I have somebody, but how can I personally tell the story and not be afraid to get out in my uncomfortable zone? Because that's what learning is about. We want to be lifelong learners. You should be exhibiting those characteristics of your target users and decision makers as well. Anything else to add? I know I'm talking a mile a minute here, Hillary, on during. There's so many things you can do during. And I would say, don't, don't be afraid that you're flooding the feet and annoying people. You're not. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you mentioned one thing that I want to get a little specific on, and that's elevating um, voices while you're there. And so one way you can do that is to just go through the hashtag, see what people are tweeting about. And are they talking about a topic that's close to your brand if you're a brand? And is that something that you could retweet and share out? And that's a way to be really involved and to not just be talking about yourself and your brand, but to also show like, hey, this is great and important to us too, and elevating other people's voices as well. Oh, and if you have a team on the ground at a conference, always make sure you have someone back at the HQ or home office or virtually that's following along for you, right? So if you're going to social parties or you're hosting a meetup or um, you know that the keynote's happening at this time, there's there's key moments within the conference you want them to be on. It might, it might be after hours, it might be weekends, sorry, but you have to be able to have someone like, that can help support you and be that foundation as well. Because people are gonna tweet, hey, where are you? Um, what booth are you at again? They're sometimes testing you if you're gonna be available on social media as well. But you wanna have people that have a little bit more time and not, and not getting interrupted all the time to say, here are some other things that they can do to elevate educator voices from afar as well. Okay, so we talked a lot about during now. <laughs> And then now we're going to do, okay, the conference has ended. What do you do on social media after a conference has ended? How do you make sure that you are keeping the momentum going and doing all the wonderful things that you've been saying? So one fun thing that you can do is just think about the highlights. What were your highlights? Do you have images that captured those moments? And can you share your top three to five photos from the conference and just 
reflect back and show your appreciation for all the connections that you got to make and the experience that you had. Um, because people, again, people connect with people. And so if you're posting photos, uh, you know, that really encompasses your experience and the people that were on the ground and maybe even some of the people that you got to connect with. That's something that people just naturally want to engage with and react to. And the algorithm really likes it because that kind of post also looks the same as a post that your family and friends are posting of, you know, what they did over the weekend. And so it really flows into the feed nicely. And so that's the one thing that comes to mind of just a recap. And, you know, you want to do it soon. Um, but then there are other things that you can do to make sure that you're staying connected with your audience and talking about some of those thing, same topics and maybe sharing even more insight into you know, what your session was about or what happened at your booth that, you know, now that the conference is over. I would say more often than not, you're going to go to a conference and your target audience and your decision makers are going to either bail on you or forget to go because they had so many other things. And maybe you didn't do a good job on making sure to prioritize, but maybe you did do a good job and they still couldn't get to you. Like that's the reality of conferences, right? So when you follow up, I like that reflection because I, I was just thinking when you were saying, so many conferences I've been to, I've, I take a nice picture of like Santa Monica or whatever I'm at and say, thank you so much, ASCD, wherever I was for this awesome, like just this gratitude and reflection and maybe here's what I learned. And it could be a reel, it could be a picture. Um, those things really do well. Um, but beyond that, when we think about reflection, I, I want you to say, what's my wrap up? Like, how can I contribute to the conversation? So maybe there's a blog post. Maybe I can get a couple of my power superstar users to write some blog posts about what they thought the main takeaways were. Like, get in there and get in there as soon as possible. Like, a week later is a little too late. So, like, you should have assigned blog posts to people to do so they know they're looking for it during the conference and they're writing them quite quickly too. So I think be a part of that conversation. And then if you are going around, I remember one year, I just, I noticed there were so many awesome book recommendations going on with not only like with presenters, or maybe it's like people that are at your booth and have books, whatever you want to be able to make it easy for people. And educators are in this world of professional development, even decision makers are wanting to learn as much as possible. So make it easy for them. So your job is to curate. So you can curate a Pinterest board full of books, whatever. I did that once for an ASCD conference and it went bonkers, right? So think about how can I make their learning journey be as continuous as possible and give them value too. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea too, because, you know, so often you're so excited at the conference. You're like, oh, I'm definitely going to read that book. And you get home and you can't even remember what the book was. And so I love that idea because then it's a place to go and, and find those resources and follow up. Yes. And speaking of following up, this has nothing to do with social media, although it can. Um, when you meet people, follow up, please. If they take the time to give you their business card or sign up or have them scan your badge, please follow up in a timely way. I can't. Um, I it's kind of a fun game for me now is like if I get someone to scan my badge or I give them my business card, I'm like, I wonder how long it'll take them for them to follow up. Um, I think it was a big, I'm not going to name the brand, but one time I did it for like a really big brand in education. I was like, I wonder how long it's going to take them. It took them over a month to do a generic email that said, thanks for visiting us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
oh, fail. You got to do it quickly. You got to figure out how do I personalize it a little bit and hit their their pain points too. So they actually want to convert because a lead is nothing if you don't get them to do anything. Right. So there is that. And then the one other thing I was going to mention is like when you're in this crazy sea of I didn't get to go to your booth, I didn't get to go to your session, make it available to them for free. Right. So maybe we were doing some things at the booth and we were recording them and live streaming them. Hey, there's another idea. You can live stream all of your sessions. You can chop them up into YouTube shorts. You can throw them into Instagram reels afterwards. Slicing and dicing the content is the name of the game and trying to create evergreen content that puts you in the seat of relevancy and thought leadership. Right. So if you don't get to, if they don't get to go to all of the things at your booth or they don't get to take advantage of your one-on-one, whatever, try to give it to them for free. If you have people talking about your product, get that slide deck and the, maybe the live binder or the Google doc of all the resources and share it out as much as possible. Those are great ways to earn trust. Also get more leads. Come on, people. This is another way to get more leads after the conference too. So it doesn't end at the conference and you should be able to create that momentum right afterwards. And don't be afraid if it's like the day of and everyone's exhausted. Like that's when you continue to do it. Yeah, I think those are great resources too for the people that do reach out on social media and they're like, hey, I didn't get to go, but I really wanted to hear what you had to say in your session. Well, if you can respond and let them know, hey, it's going to be available and we'll send it to you after the conference, then that gets them excited and it keeps the conversation going with them. Oh my God, this reminded me too. Uh, ISTE like three or four years ago, I know this is kind of old school and retro, but I remember going to a talk with Adam Bello. He's the founder of uh, Breakout EDU, but at the time it might've been Edgy Clipper. Um, And he had a presentation and as he was talking, he created this technology. I think it like integrated in with Keynote. And as he was talking, it triggered time-based tweets. The second he said something, it would then retweet it, like tweet it out and say, here's that like great quote. And I'm like, how is he doing this? And he wrote a blog post on it and it probably is deprecated at this point. But the fact of the matter is, is I want you to think about if there are things happening in keynotes or people are talking about your product or if there's side conversations, how do we get that momentum, like showing you were there and it was awesome and there's this pulse, but then afterwards, how do we make some of that evergreen? too because there's so many amazing quotes and amazing learnings right maybe on on instagram you can create a great carousel of all of your top favorite quotes um you can do reels and do a whole series of reels on your top favorite things right um but again think about it you want it to be slightly entertaining and inspiring but you want it to be valuable you don't want to just waste people time we pay Ah, waste people's time in education. They have no time. Let's be cognizant of that. Okay. Any last words on this whirlwind of before, during, and after social media, Hillary? Oh gosh. I felt like we've covered a lot and we can keep going, but I think one thing we kind of have beat around the topic, but we haven't really pointed it out is to, and early on before check for any brand mentions. So are there any sessions where they're going to talk about your brand or during the conference, whether you're there or not watch for brand mentions, because you want to be sure that you're connecting with those people and elevating what they have to say about your product or your brand and how they use it. Um, 
And so that's something you can do even if you're not there. And maybe someone mentions you, like you want to be sure that you don't miss that opportunity. Yes. And as you were talking, I'm like, I would like gather an army. (laughs) And I know that's like the wrong analogy, but if I have an ambassador program or if I have a community or if I have an active core group of people, I'm reaching out to them and say, hey, can I give you free swag? Can I give you t-shirts? Can I give you things to pass out to people? Um, Obviously, I'd love to have a program in place around a community or an ambassador program. But if you don't and you're just getting started and you have some advocates say, hey, are you going and can I give you stuff? How can I help you spread the word? And maybe there's an affiliate program or referral program. I don't know. But um, you want this reverberation of your brand to not just come from you. And when you're saying checking brand notifications, I'm like, yeah, we should definitely be doing that. And you should be engaging with them and always put yourself in the seat of an educator who took time out of their busy day, especially at an awesome conference to say, Hey, shout out to blah, or I'm so excited to go to this session mentioning this brand. You better be engaging and you better be engaging in an exciting way in a timely way, people. <laughs> Cause then otherwise the educators like, Oh, They didn't even engage. I was so excited. I thought that they would do something. And then you might have lost that person, right? Yeah. Yeah, so true. Okay. So lots of things I hope that you took away and you're jotting down or you're rewinding if you're on a run or listening in your car of some practical things that you can do. And I want you to just maybe as a challenge say, what's one thing I didn't think of doing before, during, and after as it relates to social media? and implement it and document it so you can build on it for next conference and the next conference. So Hillary, as we wrap up this podcast, one question we ask all of our guests is around inspiration. I get to work with you. You are a very optimistic, can do, love challenges type of person. But I know even you have days Um, especially even just recently when you had like all the ice storms in in Texas where you couldn't get out of your house. Like, how do you deal with those days that you were just mentally drained and you're like, this was such a challenging day. I know I need to show up tomorrow and be refueled. How do you fill your tank? Oh gosh, this is a good question. And I've learned a lot from you and the team around this. And for me, a big part of filling my tank and staying motivated is setting boundaries. Um, And that's something that I wish I would have learned sooner in my career, Um, because if you're always, you know, used to in my career, I felt like to be reliable and to really show off my work ethic, I had to be on and available 24 seven. And that meant that I was never mentally stepping away from my job. I may physically be stepping away from it, but it was always in the back of my mind. And our bodies and minds aren't meant to sustain that. And that's often what's starts to lead to burnout. And so I really try to be aware of that. And I try to make sure that I'm time blocking and not just during my work day, but also after hours. And, you know, I have two young kids, so it's really hard to make time for myself, but that's so important because if you're always pouring into others and you're never pouring into yourself, you're pouring from a very bone dry cup. Um, And so then you do start to have those feelings of like, oh gosh, how am I going to get through the next day? And how am I going to get all of this accomplished? And I'm a doer and I love to get things done. But when you start having those feelings, it just makes everything feel a little bit impossible. And so I have really spent, I would say the last year working on 
setting and ba- setting boundaries and being intentional with my time and giving myself time to breathe and and take a break here and there. And sometimes even just even on your busiest day, if you can just take 10 minutes to clear your mind and maybe it's just going outside for a few minutes, taking a quick walk and come back, you you'll have a new, fresh, positive perspective that you didn't when you left your desk 10 minutes ago. Yes, so true. And I remember like when you first started LCG and you took a vacation and you took a vacation and I think you went to a beach with your family Mm -hmm. and you said, this has been my first like proper vacation in like seven years, right? Or something. Yeah, Yeah. because I used to take my lap, you know, I would load up my laptop and everything I needed to work just in case. And there was always a just in case moment that I could step in and work. Yeah. And you certainly didn't come to LCG kind of like dragging your feet, but I have seen a beautiful change in you of you growing as a human too, and setting those boundaries. And when you're, when you have those, you become more joyful and that joy spreads and then your productivity increases and all, you know, like, so if people go, Oh, she sounds like a boss that doesn't understand the bottom line. Like, okay, I'm speaking to you people. Yes. Like you become more productive when you're happy, you know, like yeah, and when you have a clear mind, because you know, you do again, I was all about, it wasn't because someone was telling me to be on 24 seven, but I just thought that's how you showed that you were reliable and turns out you can be extremely reliable without being on 24 seven. And, you know, I, I just have a clear mind and I'm able to be more productive because when I'm on, I am 110% on versus having this part of me. That's like, Oh my gosh, I just need a break. Like, how am I going to keep going? Yes. So teachers, I said that we were going to talk some things about you. (laughs) This is what we're talking about to you and all of you ed tech folk that are kind of burning the candle at both ends and just being online. And and I've been there where you're late at night going, I just feel like I need to be on. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't, like you're you're, you're there in the headlights. Like this is for you of being able to set your own boundaries and come back as fresh as possible for the next day. So I thank you for that reminder. And I thank you for coming on this show. I know that I kind of threw this at you and said, come on the podcast. You're awesome. You have so much wisdom to share and you do. And so I thank you for your time and taking a chance on a new new medium since it's your first ever podcast. This was so fun. I had a great time. And Hillary, if people want to reach out to you, how best would they do that? So you can find me pretty much everywhere as Hillary Trussell. If you are into home decor and that kind of thing, you can find me at Trussell Transformations on Instagram. But everywhere else, I'm Hillary Trussell. Apparently, there's not a Hillary, another Hillary Trussell out there. That's one R, two S's, Trussell. Um, yep, two two S's, two L's. In two L's the- that's what I meant, yes. Yeah, two L's and two. Two L's and two All S's. doubles. <laughs> Okay. Thank you again. And thank you everybody for joining us. And I mean it when you think about like, we don't do this podcast just for like kicks. I want to make sure that we are helping the industry and we're helping you transform to be as valuable as possible to your audience. Right? So I want you to really walk away with like, how can I hold myself accountable or just at least one idea, but my stretches do one idea for before, during, and after with social media. So it, we mentioned a bunch of resources that'll be available in the show notes. You can access those at leoniconsultinggroup.com backslash 45. 
Um, that's 45 for detailed notes on what Hillary and I spoke about, plus, you know, all of those related conference awesome episodes that we've had over the year now within the podcast and the guests. So thank you everybody for your time. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy what you hear, go ahead and give us some positive reviews and ratings, and we will see you next time on all things marketing and education. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends, so please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.